In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, Sexual Expectations, Quincy's Journey. Come on in and listen to my history on sex. That's probably not going to be it, but come on. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man versus Marriage. It is I, your humble servant, the Q Diggity Dog. You waste a lot of seconds on our tape doing that. <laughs> That's not time wasted. I object. That is my personality. So take that and put it in your pipe and smoke it, Buster. Smoke my pipe, huh? Yeah. Okay. You've got a couple of pipes. I like to smoke anyway. Oh, Lord have mercy. Okay, let's get into this before we get <laughs> off track. Who knew that you'd be the one blushing? Uh, I'm in the studio, the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Hi. Waste. <laughs> you can shut up. It's wasted. Uh. I remember the time you said that. About me and Chris and our radio show. It's a colossal waste of time. It's like, wow. You're a special piece of excrement, aren't you? <laughs> Still, the only, the best moment out of all of that is the smiley face pajamas are frowning. That is still my best moment ever. Well, I mean, you wouldn't know about the moments because like the podcast, you didn't listen to the show. I didn't have to. I was live and actually I did listen to that show. Thank you very much. That was a CD in my car that played all the time. So shut up. Moving on. No, you shut up. <laughs> See, we don't script these things. You're listening to a live argument. Anyway, we're going to get into Quincy's uh, sexual expectations in his journey. And since he's um, not sure where to go with this, we're going to fly off the cuff and I'll ask some questions and see where your mind goes. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Okay, so when we first got married, you were a bigger guy, and I know conversations that you and I had. Um, what were your insecurities or um, worries back then when it came to you and I and marriage and sex? I mean, just because I'm out loud and honest, you know, one of my major insecurities was knowing that <clears throat> you had a uh, an ex-boyfriend with a Dodger dog. Um, <laughs> that, I don't know, when you hear that, um, I, as a guy, as me, you hear that, you know, you have an ex-boyfriend who was very, very well endowed and I'm, you know, I'm an average man. I do pretty good with my average body. You missed the part where I said that I didn't like the fact that he was well endowed because it was painful, but go on. That doesn't register in a guy's world because... You yeah, know, you just, measure by inches, we measure by pounds. I understand. <laughs> I don't know. It's just you always, the thought is, you know, bigger is always better. I mean, when it comes to stakes, bigger is always better. Mm -hmm. So that's just one thing that plagued me um, and that I was heavy. I was com just totally insecure about being morbidly obese. So the idea of, you know... There's a few things there. 
Uh, but the idea of you finding me somewhat attractive, I couldn't figure out where that came you from. You will never understand the mind of a woman, and that's okay. <laughs> I live around a lot of them. Um, and they all love you just as much as I do, so that yeah. should tell you something. Well, I mean, it doesn't tell... It doesn't tell... <clears throat> it didn't tell me anything, because I was just not a physically attractive person. And w there has been... Once that I remember... You know, when my physique was at a certain point that I did see the hungry eyes. And I've been chasing that ever since. <laughs> and it's just not there because I had, you know, so many setbacks, you know, medically. But I didn't, I just never felt adequate enough, not just because, you know, the size of my Johnson, but because my body... I was so heavy. And you, I mean, your body is freaking fine. Like I said in one of the previous episodes, your body is supermodel status, in my opinion. And I look at mine and I know, I already know, just a big, heavy guy. So I really couldn't, that was a lot to battle. You know, that was a whole lot to battle. Now, I knew how to handle my big body as best as I could because I was an athlete I was a wrestler, so, you know, I could handle my body. I was never that big as a as an athlete or a wrestler, you know, th over 350 pounds, and I got bigger than that. But that I think that, you know, my expectations, I'm, I can't rightly remember in detail like you do, but I just kind of figured that as long as you – were having an orgasm that things would be okay and I just ex I expected that you know we when we were dating we were so affectionate mm -hmm. just overly affectionate couldn't separate us didn't know it then but you know number one is physical touch so yeah. and quality time is number two so we were on point in the beginning and something changed the only thing that changed was that we actually said vows and got married. And then, you know, what we believe now we legally had the right to have sex. And it started off really good. I I mean, vividly, there's plenty of things I don't remember, but our honeymoon night, I vividly remember. I remember the I lot. do too. I will never get Braveheart out of my head for as long as I live. Yeah, well, that's just my <laughs> sense of humor. Um, and... That was hilarious, and it'll <laughs> it'll forever be you know minted in our brains. The scream of freedom. Um, but I remember that night. I remember your nightgown and undressing you, and just the Happy's. sheer amazement, you know, of the body I had in front of me. Finding that new tattoo, you know, just like how in the world how in the world is this mine type of thing? And so we, you know, it was our first time and, you know, it was short-lived. Had to take some breaks so I didn't, you know, go too fast. And you were very, you were very gracious about that, et cetera. But we, you know, I remember the first time I called you my wife in a gas station. And so we started full steam mm -hmm. you know 
the first night and then up in our hotel when we saw the hotel and it was a crappy hotel nothing like the pictures and so we were you know we were we were going all in and then something broke and stopped and the only thing i could really attribute it to was my big fat body i didn't know what was going on so i was already worried about being rejected you know for the reasons explained and then communication and touch both shut down so i didn't realize what was going on so i really don't i didn't really know what to expect um after that because when we got home it got tough for a while and then i remember things kind of getting better and you know us start having sex again and then it maybe it just stopped and i couldn't figure out what it was but it had to be me it had to be my body <laughs> you know it just had to be and then you know at work you know people talking customers talking and it's like you know uh we're having triplets oh that's awesome you know they ask about my oh she's good she is you know she's just little she's this size and it's like oh my gosh you must kill her yeah yeah we had a lot of those comments all over the years which physically i you know looking at the size of me and the size of you i could i could see and understand that but my i was confident in one side of my sexual abilities and then the other side of my abilities i believe i was limited physically um and I knew that it was something that I needed. I knew it was something that we needed connection with. And I remember there were some times where it was it was good. Um, but as far as feeling the deep level of connection, San Diego was probably the like the first time. There was a couple times where you had hungry eyes after, you know, when we lived at Logue Court or whatever in uh you just come in the room tearing your clothes off, and it's like, well, this is going to be a good moment for me. Um, you sound like yourself. Sex sounds like a good idea right now. <laughs> yeah. I just remember seeing that look in your eyes like you needed and wanted it. And I was like, how do I keep this going? And there were times where we would have families live with us, and we're married, and we're having sex, and they, you know, the the husband and wife were not able to, and, you know, they're crashing on our floor, and they're executing judgment on you how could you do that when i'm in the house or yeah i didn't whatever. have a whole lot of um care empathy for them about people's opinion when it came to how could you be doing that when you know we can't it's like mm, you came to me for help you're living in my house and that's my husband and my door was closed if you don't want to hear it that's go outside turn the tv up <laughs> and then you know we had some we had some some good times where you know, we took some trips away, and, you know, one of them was that uh, we had a, a great Valentine's night, you know, one time I can remember, and then up in Monterey, it was very special. Um, but I don't, I don't really know what my expectations were, because our sex life was so inconsistent. I knew that I needed it. I knew I wanted it. Obviously, You didn't know bad. how to communicate it, though. No, because I, th w the, the lack of sex, I thought, was because of i was the result of that well and back then we didn't know the difference between i need you and i want you 
those were two very different things that we just didn't know. And back then, when we would talk about it or it would come up, it would be, I want, not I need. Well, and I think maybe some of it got convoluted when I had to go to that urologist because I was having a lot of pain, mm-hmm. you know, down in my boys. And he's like, you are really, really backed up <laughs> and you need to have sex seven days a week. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> he's like, you need to get this stuff moving. So it was, it was like, okay, I mean... You're a freaking doctor. So, you know. Hell of a prescription. My wife's know, not going to buy it. <laughs> I don't know what you thought about that, but you did. I don't know if it was pity or what you took on me, but we did start to work that more. I mean, when you physically weren't able to, you know, to to have intercourse, there were other methods that, you know, you did to help me get the relief I needed. But really, it was just an action. It wasn't us connecting. Mm-hmm. Because I can't stress enough that there was just a lot of life going on. And I don't expect that everybody's going to understand that because we're not we're not the typical type family with how we had kids and, and crap we had to deal with after yeah. we had and kids. And that's not to that's not to diminish whatever you might have gone through. Some some families just it's just easy, smooth sailing. And I mean it's difficult when you have a child and you know, now it's uh it's life changing and you know, sometimes the baby won't sleep or whatever, but it affects everybody differently. But for us to have one child with, um, disabilities and not to know how to navigate that. And it's a difficult pregnancy to jump in with triplets. And now all of a sudden have four and they have to start life on life support. Um, I'm being told that, you know, one, possibly two of them might, have major issues for the rest of their life that that put a halt on quite a few things for us because we didn't know what we were getting into we didn't know what was coming yeah so that that was you know that was the thing and then you know each time you got pregnant it was I kind of got blamed like (laughs) you had nothing to do with it which is funny because I got the opposite it was my fault for not protecting us or getting my tubes tied and making sure that that didn't happen again yeah just stupid opinionated stupidness that some people think they're doing to help you. Expletive, expletive, expletive. So <laughs> with with that, you know, I don't, it, it's, the details are just foggy for me on what became there. I know sexually we were both frustrated a lot and I felt rejected a, a, quite a bit and it would be, we're going to have sex tonight and then something would happen with you know Kirsten or whatever and it would cause you to have to get into bed late and then I would be laying there waiting because I was so in need of some kind of connection and then you would just turn over and go to sleep and it's like I you have no care or concern about me as your husband you don't even have the decency to say anything to me maybe another night or anything like that and I was not really, and I would get mad at myself because I would be feeling that way for somebody who's just spent hours not being able to sleep, getting yelled at, working through a, a very difficult situation with our child. So I was in a, in a state of turmoil there mm-hmm. because I was hurt. I felt rejected, and then I got mad because I was feeling rejected and hurt 
knowing what you were going through. Because I had my nights of when I went through it too. Mm-hmm. You know, you were gracious enough to, you know, let me lay there to try to sleep while you sat up with her. And then on the weekends, I gave you the opportunity, you know, to sleep. And so we were trying to be the best team that we could be. Um, but it hurt because there was just no, there was no acknowledgement there. Now, whether you had, you were awake enough or had sense enough to think about it or were just trying to survive through the moment to get in bed and get whatever little bit of sleep you could, I don't know because we didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And there was traumatic situation after traumatic situation that was that just... That we in, still didn't talk about. Right. It was just <laughs> in buildup. So, you know, I was not, absolutely not a guy who went out to talk bad about my wife. I don't, I didn't do it. What? Not one friend, not one family member. I didn't. Some of my family members would talk to me about things that you guys were talking about. And that would really discourage me. Um, You know, but... I, I didn't take my dirty laundry out and, and speak to anybody about you because I don't want to be found with an ugly word in my mouth about you. I think that's better for us to speak together. Mm-hmm. You know? So I don't really know what my expectations were. I mean, there there was not a point that I ever recall that I wanted to go and, you know, have sex with another woman. That's just, that's far beyond my commitment. You know, that's far beyond my reasoning based on the commitment that I made. And it's like, why why risk everything you have for 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes of whatever kind of pleasure that might be in the moment for a lifetime of destruction? I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that was not, that was not an option for me. Um, it wasn't until whatever happened in San Diego that for the first time I that I could remember now maybe it happened before for both of us but it was the first time that I could remember actually connecting on an intimate level like deep within your soul mm-hmm. and that was an experience that I, obviously I'll never forget and you know one I see that was the first time you said you weren't going anywhere that it actually resonated and I believed it yeah and it was a um, I mean, I, like I had said it before, but there was something special about that mm-hmm. moment. Something so special about that moment. So after that, you know, I got worried after that, that the next time we went away, that I myself wouldn't be able to meet whatever that moment was. So I got inside my own head. It's like, how am I going to recreate this moment and make it better each time? I, I mean, I don't know how to do that. What if this time isn't, as meaningful for her and I'm a failure. And so that was another thing that just kind of warped my mind because I still had feelings of uh, inadequacy and not knowing how to get back there. I think we ran on that high for a long time. That Yeah, we did. And, um, you know, it was amazing. And we did some things that weekend that were kind of naughty <laughs> and was like, this is awesome. Stop it. This is awesome. Too bad it's not a video podcast. Um, and this is what, you know, being being married and making love is about, not just sex. So I didn't know what to think from there, but I did know um, 
I wanted more of whatever that was, not just for the sexual, physical sexual part, but for the connection part, because that, for whatever reason, I'm built for that to matter. That matters to me. It mm -hmm. empowers me. It makes me, you know, feel loved and appreciated. And that's something that I need is to feel like I matter and that I'm, you know, I'm making a difference in your life. Yeah. So what happened? When did you start um, thinking about needing to change things up? I know you had been listening to a couple of podcasts and then um, you brought it to me. But were, were there things going on before that that made you think you needed to find a way to talk about these things? Or was it just something that came up randomly in a podcast and you're like, yeah, I need, we need to talk about this? No, I, 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 just the way I look at it, you know, back when I started, you know, we did that Living Life by Design. I, did, I don't know what year that was, but I know that that was like the catalyst for me to say, wait a minute. I don't have to remain this person I'm frustrated about. Mm -hmm. I don't have to remain this person. And I really love growing. You know, I, I love challenging myself to grow and I wasn't aware of that. And then physically I started working out and it kind of awakened that former athlete in me. And so I realized that there were things that were going on in me you know, what kind of a, a husband or father was I? Was I going to be that man on the run like my dad was? Or was I going to change the game and be a better husband and father? And it was like, if I can, if I can do this, if I am a new man, like the product that came out of that, then I'm going to go all the way. And I had no idea at that point that it was going to translate into sex being better because I just didn't know what it, I didn't know what it was all about. Mm -hmm. But I started to redefine my philosophy. And then as I redefined my philosophy, I started to see other areas that I felt like would be better, especially after I did that exercise where you think of your funeral and you figure what would I want people to say what would I want to mean to people in their life and then I took that and went all the way back and, and said these are the things I would want people to say am I doing the things for that to be said about it's like no so through the process of discovering new health and the ability to change that's what caused me to look at these different areas of my life to develop that's that's what you know brought those things about and then with what I did with uh you know Josh with Moran Brothers and you know my health started to change because that was the biggest struggle personally of my life was my weight it was suffocating me mm -hmm. you know it was just it was kicking my tail and I couldn't get away from it so I just started addressing all those things on that front and those are the things that started this process of change for me i did not know it would lead to changing things in our sex life or that but that's where it is if that answered the question yes and no because you specifically brought podcasts to me about sex and a marriage well that yeah but see that was 
many years into my development. Yeah. And that was when I was listening to the Front Row Dads, um, John uh, Broman talk to Kim Amani about the things that were possible. And her, while your speech is not like her speech totally, at least what you say in front of me. That's because you don't like the F word very much. Only in certain situations. But her, the way that she was out loud about sex and her ability to just speak so colorfully and her saying what was possible in sex for men and women was like, this is something that she needs to hear. This is something that would be good for her and for me. And this is something that could just radically change our life. And it was, I don't know, just thinking of it now, it's something that would put us on that path for more San Diegos. I mean, that San Diego will never, ever be duplicated, in my opinion, because there was something, you know. We fixed something that was broken that weekend. Yeah, yeah. At least we started the fix. But there was something that was, it it was just in, if I'm going to get better in, these aspects of my life, I need to get better in this as far as an intimate, passionate connection with my wife. But I can't do that one alone. There's a lot of things in my life that I can do the work on for me specifically that I can work on. But when it comes to our sex life, there's only so far I can go. And I need you to come on the journey with me. Mm-hmm. Because it, in that, it truly takes two of us. So when I heard that, I was like, this is, this is, these are words that I didn't think I'd be okay hearing, but putting them in In context. In that context, it works. Yeah. And it's like, I think this is something that could help us because we were talking about sex at that point, but not necessarily on more needs wants desires that i remember it was just things were getting better for us and this to me was something that would help push us a lot we were faster i think when kim amani came along we were just discovering weekends away were a must yeah maybe so and um because date night was great but we still like in the beginning having little kids we couldn't really get away a lot we we did get away some and we had a lot of help but we just in all honesty, if we got away, we slept for hours while we were gone. Like, that was the beauty of not having to get up. We'd wake up at, like, 1 o'clock in a Vegas hotel. He'd be watching Netflix on his phone with his headphones in, and I am passed the hell out, and it's yeah. 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And it's like, it's still dark in here. He's like, no, I just didn't open the curtains. What time is it? 1 o'clock. Holy crap, I slept the whole day away. And he's like, yep, but that's okay, because I needed it. Mm-hmm. You know, but then... We would go and um, we, I think it's when we started, it wasn't really the sex part. It was relearning how to be us without the kids. Because for so long it was, you would get up and go to work, make the money, come home, take care of the kids, spend a little bit of time with me. Autism was what autism was and pay bills. That was our life. And I would get up deal with the kids, get kids to school, come home, deal with the other kids that were home, go get the kids from school, bring them back, and whatever autism gave us is what autism gave us. 
make dinner, see you for about an hour, and then I was in a room with Kirsten until whatever hour she decided to fall asleep. And we get up and we do it again. But we didn't, like, we, we would go out, sorry, but we would go out like movies, maybe go out to dinner once in a while with friends, but we just weren't us. Because before we were married, before we had kids, we went out all the time. Mm-hmm. We went out and hung out with friends. We went out to movies. We went out to amusement parks. We hung out on the couch and watched movies, talked about everything under the sun for hours on end. Yeah. And that just went away. So at the point that, that you, when you started changing your philosophy and started working out, at first I, that that ruffled up my insecurities because... I watched the changes happening and you had people, I swear to you, I love my husband, but he is so absolutely aloof when people are checking him out. It just cracks me up because my daughters catch it. I'm like, mom, did you see the way that woman looked at him? Yes, I did. It's like, she needs to back up off my dad. The guy, and they say stuff and I get it. I see it. But Quincy, it's, he's not looking for it. I'm the same way. I don't notice when a guy's looking at me. But you'll tell me when we go out somewhere, ooh, I saw that. She's mine. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, and now it's a joke. But back then, because I was so insecure and everything, I got nervous. And then you were with your brother, who at the time was single and was all about whatever he could get. So mm-hmm. it was like, I don't like where this is going at first. It made me nervous. But then what changed was, in uh, that hunger that you see wasn't because of your physical change. You... I push back on that. I remember those no. shoulders. Come on. Yeah, the shoulders were great, but that wasn't it. Your confidence changed. True, that's fair. Big time. Very fair. And confidence for me is a very sexy feature in a person. That's very attractive to me because then I don't have to I don't have to work to make you feel good about yourself because you are it's already there. You're confident in who you are. Um, and it, it, that, that was the difference because your manhandling skills became different too, because there was more muscle to everything. My woman handling skills. Yeah. So (laughs) that, that was the change. But I also remember back then as you were starting to make changes in who you were, I was starting to get that. Okay. I, I have to get these situations fixed. I have to deal with these things going on inside of me because you're going forward, and if I don't go forward, I'm going to get left behind. And so I had started seeing Rita and started working on some things for myself, and we got to the point where the first thing Rita said was, date nights are a must. Like, it's a non-negotiable. You guys need to have a date night. So we we started working. That was the first thing we started working on was, okay, what are our non-negotiables? Date night's a non-negotiable. doesn't matter what night it is, but we have to have at least one a night, one a week. You know, our... Um, divorce is non-negotiable there are only two reasons that we would get divorced we both agreed on it and even in that agreement it was but first we would seek help divorce is a last case option there is a absolutely every other avenue has been tried first before we agree to divorce that's a non-negotiable having a third party involved in our bed that is a non-negotiable open mm-hmm. relationship is a non-negotiable we knew these things mm-hmm but we were still, when we started going on date nights and it was all movies and, you know, we weren't really talking, we weren't connecting. And then we started learning about love language and, oh, this is what she needs and this is what he needs and this is how we do this. We slowly started realizing and remembering who we were. Mm-hmm. 
And though so much had changed and changed a lot about us, the underlying person was still us. You know, getting us out and away from things where I'm not mom. I'm not babysitter. I'm not taxi driver. I'm not cook. I'm not chef. I am not referee. I am just Jeannie, your wife. It's all I have to care about. It's the most freeing place I could ever be. And when you don't have to worry about work phone calls, crap going wrong, emails, kids that you have to referee, you know, calming down our son and making sure boy time is met, and all these other, you know, paying the bills and whatever else comes out, you just get to go and be Quincy, my husband. It's just a complete shift change for us. Now, a lot of people can do that while they have their kids and they have all their other situations going on. We're still navigating that to a degree because our dynamics are different. And, you know, we have another child in our home now, which that changed a lot of things for us. But when we got to go out and then at the time frame that Kim Amani kind of came into play and the front row dads and... Uh, one extraordinary marriage at that point we had just discovered we need to get away a month because having that freedom being able to just go and be us makes the other 30 days in the month go really really well yeah and you discovered that that's something that you needed you needed to get away you needed the time with just us and it needed to happen. You you needed something. If we couldn't go every week for date night because our situation changed, you needed something to look forward to that you could pour yourself into that could be us and freedom. And just even if it was going to hockey. I love the Vegas trips because we're far, far away from home. And Vegas is a city where you can sleep all day, play all night, play in the morning, play during the day, sleep at night. It doesn't matter. You make the rules. Mm -hmm. You get to do what you want to do. And you're just, you're there. And it's just us. Even in a town full of people, it's us. But our only obligation is to each other. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have a lot of that because we got pregnant so fast, which was a miracle we got pregnant. And had so many so quickly. Yeah. So that... I mean, the the front row dads and then the one extraordinary marriage were years apart, but they were still, I would say those, those two, at, at least that one episode for sure in front row dads, and then the one extraordinary marriage podcast, they've made, they were some of the monumental parts of change that had to do with us in conversation relative to sex mm-hmm. because sex is so extremely important <clears throat> in a healthy relationship as much or as little as you know other people want it we're just fortunate that we want it as often as possible but we don't just want the action we're looking for the connection you know yeah guys How would you like the opportunity to have a Zoom meeting with me, the Q-Dog, and my wife, Jeannie? That's right. A 30-minute Zoom meeting you can have if you go over to manversusmarriagepodcast.com, 
become a subscriber. That will enter your name in for a chance to win this exciting contest. Now listen, if you got a homeboy who listens, or maybe he doesn't listen, send him over to manversusmarriagepodcast.com, have him become a subscriber, and that will enter him to win. Then he sends me an email at coach at manversusmarriagepodcast.com, and guess what? That will enter you another time. There is no limit to how many times you can be entered, so go there now to manversusmarriagepodcast.com, become a subscriber, have your friends do the same, and alert me via email, and you could win the MVSM meet and greet via Zoom with Quincy and Jeannie from Man Vs. Marriage, the podcast. That's right. I'll see you there. Go get it done. Don't be a slacker. Get to work. Q-Dog is out. Um, I think for us, we, we've still had our hangups. We've had some pretty epic moments of failure where, um, you know, it, it shut us down to each other. I know we had one in the beginning of our marriage earlier on where, um, my response was not, I had told Quincy a desire that I had something that, that would turn me on. And this is the first time that we had ever had one of those conversations, it's probably why we didn't have one for a really long time afterwards. But the execution was way off. But I didn't explain how to execute. I just said this is something I would want. And so he woke me up out of a dead sleep. And I'm talking dead sleep. And my response was not nice <laughs> at all. And it shut him down from wanting to initiate anymore because he tried to do what I asked him to do and it was just a complete fail. But at the time, what we didn't really talk through was it wasn't his failure. I didn't explain. I didn't know. We didn't know. This is my expectation. This is what it looks like. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I want to respond to. Instead, he just took an idea that I gave him and was like, oh, I'm going to do this bad timing there was no smile involved it was like okay i'm gonna do this and i had felt rejected by you many times before that but i was willing to overcome that worry that it could happen again and it was probably one of the worst times in our sex life period i felt like crap i mean it was just like i gotta get away from this situation so I had to get up, I went, I showered, and I just had, I don't know, it was an, it was epic. I don't, epic fail is the, is the words that you use, but it was just really, really hard. For whatever reason, rejection seems to, in some cases, rejection really melts me down and defeats me. And in other cases, rejection, I'm resilient to it. Apparently, sex is not one of those areas where I can be resilient. If well, get and I bad think fast. I think for both of us, rejection coming from us to each other is probably the hardest one to battle through, because I value your opinion and your thoughts about me far above anybody else, and I know that you feel the same way. So mm -hmm. when when we have those moments, it's like whoa. 
like the most important person in the world just totally crushed me and I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this because I don't want to yell at you but the other side of me is really fighting to scream at you right now <laughs> and so it's it's a hard place to bounce back from we've learned how to do it we've learned how with the tools and, and communication how to get through it but it still comes up I mean it's nothing it's nothing that ever really goes away I think you just learn how to process and work through it better but I know um, there were a lot of times after that that you wouldn't even initiate. It was like I had to say something mm -hmm. or I had to start something. And the problem with that is I didn't know how to do that without just like the 10-minute thing because we it, it wasn't practice. It wasn't something we'd ever discuss. And usually you started stuff. So when you stop starting stuff, it's like, oh, crap, what I do? Why doesn't he want to have sex with me anymore? What, what, why isn't this working? And, you know, a typical guy response, yeah, I know. We could, the wind could blow and y'all could get a hard on. I understand this. But just because you have a hard on doesn't mean that you're all in. Yeah, I mean, just the, the, way, the way it works for me, if there's, if there's some sort of issue between us, like frustrating emotionally, Sometimes I just, I don't even, I just can't bring myself to do it because I, I don't know. I want to get into that situation clean on the inside. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, whereas, yeah, you know, we can get, we can get a hard on fast. Our, our sex life is sacred to me. You know, I don't, I don't take it for granted and I don't ever want to take it and use it the wrong way and just just getting my rocks off is not what I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. There are times where I just. That's what you need. <laughs> I have to, I have to get a release, you know, and thank God you respect me for that. And, or you respect that and you help me through it. But when it comes to us and sex and our relationship and how we approach that, that's not for, I, I just, I can't just be in it for me. It's too big of a, a situation just for me to get my thing done and I don't I just don't roll that way so where was your head at or where was your your thought process at when you started hearing about the stuff from Kim Amani and um, was it just wanting to do something better or was it wanting to experiment what where were you going with it it was it was wondering if this would open us up for a deeper connection us being able to connect more intimately and uh, me wanting to find out what is there, what is there more that I can do to bring you to that place of like passion, but also to bring you to that place of release and you getting your deep seated needs met. You know, there, there's just more, there's more to it. You know, even as far as oral sex goes, there's more than just get down there, hurry up and make sure that you go. Mm -hmm. And I, I was not aware. So it intrigued me that there was something that was. There was a deeper level, for lack of better terminology, for you to experience. Something and for us to experience that point of connection. And there were a lot of misnomers that 
women had about men and men had about women that she was just dispelling one by one, knocking them down, saying, what is possible? This is possible. And it's like, okay, I know, I know my wife has orgasms because I've asked you if you're, you know, are you, have you ever faked it? Or are you faking it? Don't fake it for me, please. Cause I don't, that's not what I want. Um, so I know that, you know, on a decent level, you were having orgasms whenever we were having sex. But there's a difference in how you connect, mm -hmm. that place you connect. <clears throat> you know, almost like in a spiritual, emotional level. So that's what, that's what drew me to that. And also, you know, just her crazy speech. <laughs> I was like, this is some, Jeannie could, Jeannie could take this from this lady because she speaks alike. her language. Yeah. So I wanted to know what you thought about this too, because I ain't a woman. So I'm, I'm like, is this bull crap or what? I remember that because the first, when you first came home and talked about it, he's like, I want you to listen to this and tell me what you think. And, and the first one we listened to, so she was talking about how women want you to fuck them up against the wall like an animal. Quincy just looked at me and I'm like, she's not wrong. Yeah. And the look on his face was like, well, okay. But see, I, and what <laughs> but, I did was. But it was I, different because that, that was never a conversation we had. But I do remember a few times where you and that cough got to stop. I do remember a few times where I did initiate at just places around our room and it worked and you liked it. Mm -hmm. But that one episode just took the wind out of my sail and I wasn't willing to put myself out there again because of how that level of rejection went, mm -hmm. you know, and that was, that was a, a hard one for lack of better terminology, but that's where, that's where that was because I'm still, I still get, I'm not great at initiating now, at least not to the level that I want to be. I'm just not there because going through all this surgery and, you know, my body again, the way that it is, my confidence is low, not just because physically, but after all this cutting and whatnot and recovery my all my physical ability abilities are not what they used to be either you know just bathroom habits and all for what i've been through so well even your your touch there's certain parts around your abdomen that you can't feel touch anymore and that used to be belly rubs were your thing like yeah and it sounds silly but we could just lay here and i could just rub his belly and he would be completely content just feeling my touch but now he can't feel that yeah so all... it took away something that that used to be a normal comforting feel and it it doesn't affect you more. i mean you can still see that i'm rubbing you and you still know that i'm there but it doesn't have the same physical sensation yeah so there's there's a lot of difference on that side of what we've been through. Plus, you had to take care of me like I was a baby, you know. So, I don't know where that goes or, you know, how that affects my confidence either. But I do know the more the more time I spend getting healthy, the more my confidence um, begins to return. 
but then there's a few stumbles along the way that affects that. And now I'm interested to see when we talk about this in depth, what does this look like and what is it that you want? Because I need another playbook. Mm-hmm. And but that, that, that's a good point, though. Playbooks change. Yeah. They, they're, that's the benefit of a playbook is they constantly change. What, what might have worked against the same team last time ain't going to work this time. So Yeah, because things have changed. Exactly. Maybe you're on a different field. Maybe the weather is different. If you just want to use all different kinds of sports analogies, it's not the same game that it was before. I mean, things even, have changed. Even in simple terms, dating is not the same right now because COVID knocked everything out for so long that – Everybody had to use their imagination. Now we got to have date night at home. And I can't even begin to tell you how many women I was talking with in groups. And it's like, we cannot come up with like an actual date night because the kids are home. It's like, how do you get away from this? What do you we sit by the fire outside? Yeah, but then the kids come outside and they want to sit with you or, you know, wanting to watch a movie in your room and everybody comes and knocks on the door. And I'm laughing because I'm going, yeah, I, I, we live it. We understand. But that's the point. We had to come up with, how does this work? What do we need to do to make this work? Yeah. And we had to change up our playbook for date night. It's it just it's constantly changing. Even now, our playbook for our sex life is still we're we're in what Quincy would call a transition phase because doing this particular series stuff's coming up and we're we're relearning and we're you know, discussions are getting a little more in depth off the mic. You know, things are, are, our eyes are being open to different things that we didn't realize before, or, you know, learning just how things affect your body and your mental state versus my body and my mental state, knowing how things are connected, knowing the, the health benefits behind stuff. It just kind of changes your point of view and your perspective, whereas when we first got married, sex was a means to get off and procreate. That was pretty much the basic extent of it. Now we're 22 years into it, and it's like, sex is a lot more than procreating, because we already did that part. We, we mastered that. And the pleasure part is still there, but now we're finding there's multiple ways to induce this pleasure, or to prolong the pleasure, or to make the connection last longer, to make that, that intimacy hang a little bit longer than just the after orgasm bliss. You know what I mean? So it's, it's always going to be changing as long as we're willing to continue learning about it, exploring about it, talking about it and being open about our expectations in it. Yeah. And you know, you, you'll have to, you'll have to leave nothing to the imagination for me as far as what your wants, needs, and desires are, because I need, I just need the whatever guide to dummies it is. If I have, it's like if I have a book full of plays at my disposal, I can create a great game plan and run plays. So I, I want to know, what is it that you need? What is it that you want? What is it you're fantasizing about? What is it that, you want to hear or see or feel or what does this look like as a whole and then from there I can be spontaneous with the information that I have and then we can try and fail we can try 
and succeed. And then our relationship in that area will continue to evolve because I like a good challenge. I like to be challenged. I like to perform. I, you know, I just thoroughly enjoy that. And I thoroughly enjoy pleasing you. That's some of the things I live for. Some of the top things I live for is our relationship, you know? So, you know, there's, there's a, there's a little that's in the unknown here because I don't know what this next phase of our journey looks like. And I mean, it looks like it's gonna, it's pretty awesome. I mean, not just from the sex side, but from the other side of you becoming more of the person that you are and not trying to hide that. Understandable. So where are you going to go with your expectations? What's changed for you? Um, I'm just being more open now. Um, are you still battling with the same issues? Body, Outside of the physical. Body-wise, you know, yeah. Because um, the more, the leaner I get, the more skin I have <clears throat> that's going to be hanging around. And I, you know. We have to have a decision made on whether or not you're going to have surgery. And that's, I know that's a daunting topic too. It is one that I just try not to think about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, therein is the situation. It's like. My, you have, I don't really have fantasies that I'm aware of, but you do. So it's like, huh, what is this? Make me curious because you've never thought about going someplace or doing something different. You've never thought about those things? Going someplace? I mean... A common one would be having sex on your desk. I mean, obviously, we're not going to your work and having sex on your desk. But yeah, number one, because my freaking desk is way too small for that. But Number two, ew, I know where you work. No, that's it's construction stuff in there, buddy. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm just saying it's, it's, it's just a, a random, very common male fantasy is taking your woman on your desk or... Um, you know, elevators, things like that. You've never had those kind of thoughts before. I mean, I guess I could say I've had, you know, thoughts like something like that. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know. I would question that. I would question why, because. um, I could say that, you know, when I'm planning one of those secret vacations, you know, I think about the things I want to do to you. But as far as, um, I won't say that I don't fantasize about you because I do think about us and sex and um, think about, you know, romancing you and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But it's not wrong. It's, I, I'm not, I, it's, I'm just. I just I just wonder because talking about why I had trouble thinking that way or accepting that it was okay for me to fantasize about things with you 
or think about things that are they're unrealistic given our dynamic but it doesn't mean I don't think about it or imagine it you know sometimes when when we're having sex and I'm having to concentrate and get my head out of life that's where I go is to that track of thought and I picture it in my head while we're doing it so I'm picturing being somewhere else but you're still doing what I'm picturing yeah I don't do that at all I'm very in the moment I'm in the moment with what is happening I get in the moment but I have to use that to get me out of yeah, well, I can get out of whatever this is. That for whatever I reason, I, can, <laughs> I can't. I could just step out of whatever's going on at home. Um, sometimes, just based on the way you touch me, or if you walk by, I need a, to learn that trick. If you walk by in a thong, I can instantly push the world. <laughs> the world's gone. I turn the volume down on that, and I'm in the moment because right now, I'm not anywhere else. I'm here. I'm here with you, and I'm here navigating and allowing your body to tell me what's next. So I'm I'm very in the moment, and I'm nowhere else. I'm not imagining anything else. But I'm a visual, I'm a visual action mm-hmm. man. So right where I'm at is where I want to be. So I can get pulled out of something very quickly just by hearing Kirsten down the hall or, um, yeah, I mean, we, we proved that doing that, um, biofeedback thing, you know, when he hooked me up to the machine, everything was going great. But as soon as I heard Kirsten got hurt, my physical reaction shut the whole machine off because my emotions went immediately to her and I couldn't. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that if we're, if, we're, if I'm in here and we're and we're getting I things know, done. I know, I know, emergency that, would definitely yeah, be. But I I'm mean, just saying, for me, it's like I have to. What we've discussed this before. If if my mindset is you've got a bedtime and you have to be on the road tomorrow and you need to get X amount of time to sleep, I have to force myself out of don't rush this. Be in it. I have to push all that. It takes a minute for me to get past that. Otherwise, I'm trying to just get it done, and we're not after get it done. We're after connection. Yeah, and I, and I'm the opposite of you. If if the if the clock says something, I know how much sleep I need to get. But if we are gonna if we're gonna engage in this, then my mind has now shifted to whatever's in front of me is what I'm in. I'm I'm in that. That's where that's where I'm present in mm-hmm. that moment. So. Aside from emergencies, whatever's going on around us, my, I'm focused in on this moment. Now, sometimes my my mind does wander to, oh, crap, did I get that done at work today? And it's like, snap out of it, stupid. <laughs> um, you know, there are times where there could be stress or whatever and things that are on my mind that may try to jump in, but I'll just, just cut them out and just remain focused on where I am. Because that's the moment I want to be in. That's where my energy is, and that's where I'm putting it. See, I think that's how I cut it out, is when I can close my eyes and I can picture um, us in a hotel somewhere and and remembering things that we've done or creating images of things that I want to happen while you're doing what you're doing. It's easier for me to block everything out because I have to focus everything on creating that image. 
but it's still once once it's there, the image and the reality line up, everything works the way it's supposed to work. But it's still because we're home. When we're not home, I don't have to take time at all to switch out of mom mode. I mean, I can, I'm all there 100%. There's never an issue with it. But at home, it's very, very difficult because there's so many different variables. And I'm always, it's ingrained in me. And it's not something that, um, it's not really something I've learned how to control because I created that. I, from them being very, very small in all the stuff that we dealt with, I trained myself not to sleep hard. I trained myself to listen to every freaking sound because sometimes it was a seizure. You know, it, it's, it was what I learned and taught myself to do. So now having to find a way to not necessarily untrain it, but turn it off. Yeah, it sounds to me like you're operating out of a, an old playbook. Yeah, and trying I'm, to, I'm trying to figure out how to switch it. Yeah, so that, you know, that's yet another exciting adventure that that you'll be episode number (laughs) yeah so that that's where that's where i i don't have any brilliant answers for you i don't know if this show will fall as a flop or what um because i don't i'm sure that if i took time to journal about it i mean you saw I, i started that goggins book and you saw the dirty laundry yeah that i wrote about there so there are those things are present. Those things are competing with my confidence to be able to perform, whether it's in the bedroom or outside the bedroom. And a lot of times, I do it anyway, because mm-hmm. that's what I've—that's the commitment that I've made to myself to do it anyway. And so, shattering, dominating, overcoming, destroying that laundry or putting it in its its proper place in my life is what I'm seeking to do. That's what I'm working to do because I want to live my life more confidently. I'm the last one to have confidence in myself sometimes, which I don't, I don't know why. Um, I don't know why that is because usually what I say I'm going to do, I do. And Typically, what I, who I say I'm going to be, I, I be that guy. <laughs> so that's an issue for me that I need to address on why, why my confidence is not at the peak performance that it should be. So that's, that's something for me. Um, but as far as fantasizing, I think back to some of the things we've done and that, you know, those things are awesome. <laughs> and I have, you know, imagined at times you washing my truck naked with all those bubbles. That's been a fantasy for a long time. That's so been I have there for had about that 20 one. years. Um, so I'll take some time to ponder, to think about that. Uh, it's not a bad thing. Like I said, it was, it just caught me off guard because it's, it's not something that I've, I've personally ever come across where a guy doesn't have fantasies it's just different it's not a bad thing it's just well i different. mean is that in is that because of the all the the book clubs and the stuff you write they just believe that guys have fantasies 
Or... No, some of the stuff that they write is based on stuff that their spouse or their significant other has told them about, and then they write it into the book. And a lot of authors I'm finding um, write based on, I have this idea, but we need to try it out to see if this works. Yeah. And then they write based on the emotion or the feeling at the time. So it's, I mean, it's, we call it research. It's technically a great way to get extra laid, but you know, whatever it's, it still helps. But, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe when I, as I resolve these issues of rejection, I'll let myself fantasize, but, um, I don't, I look at it this way. As long as it's me fantasizing about you and me, I don't see anything wrong with it. No, I don't. I have no. But um, I have no qualms with that. It would just. I would just question why your ma- your imagination doesn't go there. Well, your face says what's wrong with you. That's no, what your I'm face not, is saying to me. It's not that it's anything wrong. I just wonder if it's a hang up like what I had going on, where it was something that. I was told was not okay and I hung on to that for a long time so I battled with myself on whether or not is this really okay because it's not something that I feel bad about doing but if it's not okay and it's going to cause a problem for us I don't want to do it that makes sense yeah so yeah I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm I'm my face is not telling you what I'm thinking I'm sorry it was just it just struck me as strange but i think it is telling <laughs> me what you're thinking um, well i don't think there's anything wrong with you that's not what i'm thinking yeah i mean i'm just i'm thinking like uh fantasies um, no, i don't but I again don't, you're not you're somebody that needs the playbook so maybe the fantasy part is too too far out abstract wise that you just don't go there i don't know i don't know i know when i'm planning a trip away there are well you have a focus you have a playbook you know what you want to do i i create the playbook myself exactly you know so i i know that there's i definitely am going to do this and i'm going to do this here and this position is gonna get her so i'm gonna do this one too (laughs) so i'll do that i mean but otherwise you know, I'm not. We'll bring this show to a close, but I'm not. I'm not fantasizing about, you know, exquisite places and. Don't worry, I'll take you on some of mine. That's the part. That's what I was gonna say. I think <laughs> Quincy's like, well, I'll just borrow yours and we'll work it out. <laughs> hey, well, that, before we started that particular part of the discussion, I was getting ready to say, it sounds like. You're allowing yourself to go there, so I'm. I'll be excited to play out those fantasies that you have, and who knows what that unlocks for me. I don't know. You've surprised me a few times. Yeah, macaroni and cheese biscuits. Come on back. <laughs> I mean, ah, <laughs> uh, that will not be explained. Don't even send an email. It's not happening. <laughs> But Send yeah. an email, I might. <laughs> you liar. Uh, no, I might. No, you won't. But uh, that, that was like, <laughs> a, apparently yeah. you fantasized about that and you went for it. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> you know? So there have been times where you've surprised me. And that is like, uh, yeah, that you want to talk about fantasy. It's like, whoa, 
that is cool. I like that. <laughs> so um, it was great to see you laugh like that too. That was that was great. That it's was been forever awesome. since I've heard you say that. Yeah. Well, that was that was all that I could say. But it's a definite buzzword because I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. That's yeah. the only time it's ever been used. That if I if I talked like you, that would have been a well f me moment. <laughs> well f me. <laughs> That's where it would have been. It's like whoa, mm -hmm. son of a gun. Anyway, you're welcome. <laughs> this is a very very long and I think uncontrolled episode. I think you did your best to. Uh, to interview me but maybe i'm more of a locked cage than i realize i don't i can't even i can't go back to what those expectations were because there's been so much that's happened maybe if i dwelt on it for a while i could get into that i just know what what i told you about i think as we go through the series you'll you'll find you'll open up a little bit more because as we go through the series guys th this is all me prepping this and he has no clue what's coming no pun intended so um i'm sure as we get into it and we start discussing other topics you'll be a little more open because it's a direct question to the topic it's oh, not good. an abstract so um i don't think this is a bad episode i think it was a really good one i think that um if nothing else it opens you up to think about some things that maybe you haven't before and wonder for me i'm looking at all of these as where do we go from here not not just the podcast wise but where do quincy and Jeannie go from here of course and what are we going to get out of it once we get what we're going to get out of it what are we going to do with it and then where can we take that not only for ourselves but to help others so wait a minute i i agree but i just thought here what i gave you some fantasies i had before that's where you got that little short plaid skirt. I have three of them, but yeah, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah, I got fantasies going on over here on this side of the table. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Yeah, how do you like that? I got some. Take the look back. Hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> Take the look back? Take the freaking look back, okay? Jeez. <laughs> I love making my wife laugh. I live for that. I so live for that. And it's in our wedding vows. It is, too. I promised to make you laugh. You did. And I still do. Yes, you are. You I'm are. a good boy. Uh -huh. I promised to make you laugh, and mm. I'm doing it. Okay, we have got to end this episode. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. Look at the time on that one. Okay, Sorry, that's it. Ash. Ashley's not going to listen. Think about the listeners. No, I'm thinking about the, the one who has to do the editing. Oh, she's just going to you know pop it on either side. That's what she said. Okay, here Ew. we go. She is Jeannie Moran, and I am a uh, fantasy-lacking loser named Quincy <laughs> Moran who has a lot of things wrong with him. You do not and stop I need it. To, I need to open up and say, ah. That's a rock and roll song. Anyway, I'm just having some fun. Yeah. This is Quincy. And this is Man versus Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose. For a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Mary, the podcast. <laughs>